We don't have a pen. I think we have extras out there by the, the back table there, but uh, some fun fun blanks for you to fill out here this morning. So I think we have enough handouts for everyone here. So um, let's just go ahead and pray again. If you guys would, let's uh, bow our heads here. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just want to look to you again this morning. And... Um, God, just look to you freshly here. God, I ask that you would uh, meet us here, Lord. I pray that just for the few minutes we have together for a message, that you would uh, free us up from distractions, that you would focus our hearts and minds to hear from you. God, please give us soft, teachable hearts. God, help us, even if we've heard some of these verses or thoughts before, that... um, God, that there would be something that would work on us here, that we would respond to whatever you have for us. God, you know each one of our lives. You know what's on our to-do list. You know what uh, um, emotions are are running through our heart right now. And God, I just pray you'd meet us here. Please speak to each one of us through uh, your Holy Spirit. Just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, let's see here. Just a quick... uh, Maybe just a quick review from last week. Last week was our first uh, first part of this series here. Just uh, it's entitled "For His Glory," and we asked the question. You know, basically we asked asked the question: Why why on earth are we here? Why why do we live on this planet? Why do we exist, really? And we came away with with an answer to that question. I hope um, we came away with one of the verses. You know, uh, from. Romans 11 and 36, but it just says that um, everything comes from God alone, is created by His power, and it is for His glory. We've been created for His glory. And so that was kind of a, one of the broad uh, truths that we looked at there. But then we talked about, you know, when anything in creation does what it was created to do, when it does what it was designed to do, it brings glory to God. And we looked at some of the different uh, some of the different creatures out there. You know, we talked about the ant. We talked about the the duck-billed platypus. We talked about different things when they do what they're designed to do. It's a glorious thing, and it brings glory to the Creator who who made them like that. But what we didn't do was answer the question: What what have we been created to do? What have you and I been created to do to bring glory to God? And we're going to look at that question this morning. What have we been created for? How do we bring glory to God? How do you and I bring glory to God? And so um, to do that, we're, we're going to start with um, one passage here that uh, if you have a, a Bible nearby you or you bought one, um, feel free to look under your seat or something. But we're going to look at a passage here uh, where Jesus kind of, I think, shed some light on this question. Really, what are we here for? Um, and this is uh, page 980 if you have one of these house Bibles. Otherwise, it's um, Matthew, Matthew 22, verse 37. And we're just going to look at this, this passage here. But I think it really does a great job of kind of shedding light on that question. What are we here for? What have we been created? What, you know, another way to ask the same question is, what's God's will for your life and mine? What does He want from us? What has He created us for? And, and so, you know, at one point Jesus was asked this question here. Um, he was just asked the question, what, out of all the commandments, out of everything that God wants us to do, what is the most important one, Jesus? You know, they were trying to stump Him, trying to throw Him a curveball, trying to get Him to say something wrong. Um, but they asked, what's the greatest commandment? Let's, let's hear it from your perspective, you know, because um, they thought they knew it. And this is his answer to that. We'll just read this passage here, um, starting in verse 34. But it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, 
What is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, you know, uh, he, he answered their question on what's the most important, but in some ways that answers the question we're asking here this morning. What, what have we been created for? What does God want from us that would bring Him glory? And I think the answer is pretty clear that He wants us to love Him with all we've got. He wants us to love the second you know, question. Uh, he answered, they didn't ask for the second one, but He gave it to them. Love God and love your neighbors. And that everything else hangs on those two commandments. So, you know, I think he, Jesus frames the, the answer to that question for us real well. But we're going to look at, um, you know, um, as a firehouse here, love, we got the verse there, but um, sometimes we ask, uh, you know, as we're looking at what each one of us has been made for, in some ways that's, that is uh, the purpose of our church as well, that together we've got something uh, we're trying to accomplish, something that will bring God glory. And, you know, our, our statement of purpose for the firehouse here is this, it's to bring great glory to God by obeying the great commandment and the great commission. It's, you might say it's a great vision statement as well. Here I am. But, uh, uh, thanks for the chuckle. All right. Let's try to get warmed up. Um, to bring great glory to God by obeying the great commandment and the great commission. You know, well, um, one of the obvious, you know, the, the passage we just looked at there, if you, if you didn't know it, it is called the great commandment. Out of everything, you know, that could be important to us, Jesus said, here is the greatest thing, and here's number two, and both of them relate to love. And it's loving God supremely and then loving your neighbors as yourself. And really as a church, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we think God has created us for, to glorify Him through, through this. And it's, this morning we're going to talk about the great commandment, you know. We've kind of answered what is the great commandment. Uh, let's see here. But one of the questions becomes, how do we obey this great commandment? You know, when I've seen this, this verse, one of the thoughts I have, I don't know what you think when you go, okay, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, Mark throws in all your strength. You know, and I just go, I look at that verse and I go, okay, that's, that's concise. That's the, the, the essence of it all here. And, and it's impossible. You know, it's just, it's way beyond anything I could ever do. So let's find, you know, something else that Jesus taught. Because that's just too overwhelming. Um, but this morning we're going to try to figure out how do we obey the great commandment. It's not just that we can find it in the scriptures here. And one thing I would hope that you might do you know, this week or something is write this verse on your heart. You know, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Sometimes I ask people, what is the great commandment and where do you find it? And, you know, we've taught on this series a number of times and, and people, you know, go, the gospel somewhere, right? Um, you know, I don't know. It's probably in the memory madness. Anyone memorize this in memory madness? I asked a, a memory madness contestant this morning and... They, they didn't remember it. But it is in there, I heard. So, um, But this would be a good one. If this is the most important thing, and in some ways this is what describes what you and I have been created for, don't you think we should have it on our hearts? I would suggest that we, we should. Um, but we're going to try to break this verse apart a little bit and see how. You know, instead of just looking at it and going, okay, great, I just, I'm overwhelmed, you know, 
all, I gotta love God with all that I've got and all these different things. I don't even understand my heart, my mind, my soul, whatever. Um, we're gonna try to look at some of these so that we can actually do this verse, actually obey it. And we said obeying the great commandment. You know, Jesus, you know, said it as if it should be done, not just uh, thought about, not just um, commentated on, but to actually to live this out. And so, um. We're going to look at it. I've got some blanks here. Your first blank that you come to is um, love the Lord your God with your whole being. You know, you could have said love the Lord your God with your whole body. That probably would work too. But, um, but more than your body is your, your being, your very existence, all that you are. In some ways, this is a description of what you are made of. Whether you know it or not, you've got a heart and a soul and a mind. And you've got something strength to bring to the table. And, um, and all that you have... It's been designed to love God with, and we want to look at that. So um, the first one, you love Him with your whole being, um, but with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, and I would put, if I had to pick one word on that, uh, I would say passionately. Love the Lord your God passionately. If I had to pick another word, I'd probably say emotionally. You know, you've been given a heart that has the capacity to experience feelings, emotions, desires. And God's saying, I gave that to you so that you could love me with it. You know, now sometimes we fall into the trap of going, well, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not an emotional guy, you know. I joke with people, uh, you know, I, I think I've cried twice in my life, you know, and it's, it's both times the Broncos won the Super Bowl, you know. And so it's, uh, um, but no, I, I, I've cried more than that, you know. And I feel like the more I'm learning about my heart, the more I go, you know, I actually do have some emotions. And I think sometimes we go, well, I'm just not an emotional person, you know. Um, but, but I want you to examine your life. I think everybody gets passionate about something. Every one of us gets passionate. Now, it may be different than someone else. Some people get passionate about politics. Some people get passionate about occupying territory in different locations. I, um, some people are passionate about coffee. Some people are passionate about art. Some people are passionate about mountain bike riding. Some people are passionate about the Broncos. Can I get an amen? Amen, yeah. Um, but but sometimes we go, oh, I just, you know, boy, I love God with all my heart. I just don't have much heart. I've talked to some of you here before. I know you get passionate about different things. The question is, do you get passionate about God? Because that's what your heart is for. And one thing I do know is if you can get passionate about something else, anything else, I know that that same capacity should be expected, uh, that you could use that for God. And, and are you doing that? You know, it doesn't say you love the Lord your God with, with, with all your heart, and that means you've got to be like Mark Darling. You know, just got to be, uh, you know, audacious and outgoing and yell at people. And, you know, um, you don't have Mark Darling's heart. He, he's supposed to love God with all his heart. But you've got to love God with all your heart, with all your passion, with all your emotions. Um, you know, God, God has wired your heart into it, and He expects you to love Him with it. So we, we need to make sure that we are being passionate about that. You know, sometimes I, I think uh, we can be passionate about a lot of things, even marriage, you know. Obviously, we're supposed to love our spouse, but what if you took the emotions and the passion that you have on a regular basis for God, take, that, take whatever that is, you know, that may be big, that may be small, but what if you apply that to a marriage? Would there be much going on in that marriage? Would that be a marriage you'd want to be in? And I think we know how to be passionate towards our spouses. But what if you took, you know, if you took how we love God and apply that to our, your wife? I mean, they might think you're a stick in the mud, you know? Um, 
But I just think God wants each one of us. You don't got to love God with Mark Darling's heart or, or with Steel Crosswhite's heart. You got to love God with all your heart. And you know what that could probably look like, and it might take some work, but um, we just need to love God with all our heart passionately here. Um, look at this next one here. Love God with all your soul. You know, that's when I used to get a little tripped up. What, what in the world? Love God with your soul, your eternal, whatever things that are unseen. How do I do that? Um, but I would use the word, if I had to pick one word to describe this, love the Lord your God with all your soul. Love God personally. You know, I've heard different definitions of soul uh, that I like. One of them is uh, your soul is your eternal personality. It's like your personality like forever, you know. Um, uh, it's your eternal personality. Other, others have said it like this. Uh, you know, a human being is uh, you're a spirit with a soul in a body. You're a spirit. You're a spirit critter. And, and you're, you have a, a soul. Your eternal personality, if you will, and you live in a body for now. But um, love the Lord your God with all your soul. And that means, you know, personally. And um, a couple of things to think about here. Um, each one of you, you, you might know this already, but everyone in this room, there's, there's no one else in the world that has a soul like yours. Or like yours, or like yours, or like yours. No one else in the world has a soul like yours. You know, we talk about DNA and snowflakes. You don't find two snowflakes that are the same and identical twins. You know, I don't know about that stuff. But, uh, but I do know that there's no other soul on this planet that has ever existed like yours. And you know what? That means that you can love God like nobody else can. Did you know that? You have a way to love God like nobody else because nobody else is like you. And we've got to catch that. We've got to love God personally. Um, the problem is, sometimes we go, yeah, I am. I am kind of unique. I, got, I, kind of, I like my sense of humor and I like uh, you know, the way my hair looks. And you know, the problem becomes is that the soul that we've been given, this unique, eternal personality, sometimes we use that to we spin that and we, and we use that to love ourselves. Oh, I really do love myself. Nobody else may love me, but I love me. Um, or we do um, what we've been given to, to love God with uniquely. We want others to love us for our soul, for who we are. And we can kind of be, um, you know, we can have a bent the wrong way. We're designed to love God with all our soul. And we can get in life and go through, you know, I think of, a, sometimes I think of life, the, the analogy is like a car, you know, you're the driver in the car. Uh, eventually when you get saved, you invite Christ into your car. And, but sometimes our car can have dents in it. And we can have dents in our personality because of hard things we've been through or coping mechanisms that we have to get attention for ourselves. And, and Jesus said, you're supposed to love God with all your soul. You're not supposed to be fishing for those compliments, fishing for people to, oh, you're so unique. Wow, one of a kind. No, you're supposed to use that very thing to glorify God in a way that no one else on this planet can. And, and we've got to catch that. God wants you to love Him personally. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect. I think I've got a picture here. Uh, my daughter recently, um, you know, it's just as my kids get older, I see more and more of their personalities. And each one is unique. You know, I... I I think I knew that going into having kids, but we got five of them now, and each one of them is, is very unique, you know. And um, my my daughter Graham here, it's been uh, she's second grade here, so she's 
She's learning how to read. And so, but she's been starting to write recently as well. You know, I think authoring is a whole other level. That's fourth or fifth grade. I don't know when they start authoring things. But she's trying to, to make a go of it now here in second grade. And so, recently she's been writing some books. This is her second book ever published. Uh, and it's called, What Makes My Dad Special to Me? The first book she published was What Makes My Mom Special to Me. You know? um, and so, but she's made one for, for her sister now. And she's been going. And, you know, um, when I look at this, I've got the book here. You know, this is one copy sold so far. And, you know, actually it was just given away to me. But, um, but she, she put, you know, glued a couple pieces of paper together, made some pictures. And, you know, there's half the words here are not spelled right. And you know what? It so blesses my heart. Because I'm special to my daughter. And, um, you know, I think sometimes when we worship God, we think we've got to dot the T's right, uh, or, no, cross the T's, dot the I's right, you know? And um, when I look at this, you know, one of the things that it blesses my heart the most is that it's not spelled right. But this is my daughter expressing her love to me. How have you been doing expressing your love to God? Do you think it's about crossing the T's and dotting the I's? God is not looking for you to love Him perfectly. He's looking for you to love Him personally. And only you can love Him in the way that He's wired your soul to. And we've got to be doing that, folks. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, next one, with all your mind. Uh, let's see here. We're supposed to love God with all our, your mind. You know, that means thoughtfully. You know, have you ever found yourself doing things? Uh, like, I, I know I've done this before during the worship time. I'll be, I'll be singing a song. Word for word, I'll be clapping, and my mind will be somewhere else, you know? Anyone done that before? Jeremy, we hate to tell you that. <laughs> You're leading worship. Yeah, it happens to all of us, yeah. And so, um, but, but God doesn't want us to have thoughtless worship where we just go through the motions. He wants us to, to think about loving Him. Think about how we can express our love to Him personally and passionately. And He wants us, you know, just like our spouse, you know, sometimes, you know, they say it's the thought that counts. And, and man, we just need more of those thoughts, don't we? You know, it's a, they go a long way for a little thing there, but, um, you know, uh, if you order some sort of service that's like, uh, you know, the anniversary service and they just make sure they got your anniversary and they send a card and things like that, how many, how many wives in here would be blessed if they were in the, the service? Yeah? Or how many would you be more blessed if, if your husband just made you some little, you know, origami or something like that, right? I mean, it's about thinking about loving another, thinking about loving God. The other thing that with all your mind is it makes a difference not only what you think about, but what you don't think about. Did you know that you can love God by what you don't think about? Just like uh, in, your, in a marriage. You know, if you're, you're trying to grow in your love for your spouse and you're thinking about past girlfriends or past experiences, or you think that's going to help your loving relationship with your spouse at all? Heck no, it's not, you know. So loving God is not only what you're thinking about, but what you're not thinking about. How's your mind been doing lately, folks? Where have you been taking your mind? And is it a loving place for, for your Lord and for your Savior? We've got to love God with all our mind. Um, you know, last one here, Mark adds in, uh, with all your strength, you know. In some way, it takes energy, it takes effort to love God, just like it does to, to love someone, you know, love your spouses. I mean, it takes, you've got to put a little effort into it. And um, we can give our strength to so many different things, but are you giving your strength uh, to show love to your Creator, to glorify your Creator? Because we can give our strength to so many different things in our effort, um, but it's, 
we've been given that capacity so that we can use it to show love to God, to glorify God. And so I think about where your strength might be going. But those are some, some things to think about there. We, we are called to obey the great commandments by loving God passionately, personally, thoughtfully, and, and powerfully. Um, Let's look, how else can we obey the great commandment? You know, this was one that was shared. If you caught faith, faith Walkers last year, Josh Whitney did a teaching on loving God. And um, he shared this point, and the reason he shared it is because, I mean, it's in the Bible, it's true. Um, but, you know, a way we can love God uh, and obey the great commandment is to, to get to know and respond to God's love for you. You want to love Him more? Get to know how much He loves you and respond to that. You know, if you're trying to generate love out of nothing, it's not like God just said, boy, I'm God and these are people and I want to make life really hard for them, so let's give them a really hard first and great commandment. And, you know, tough luck. No, you know, that commandment is given in the context of how much He loves us, how much He wants to have a loving relationship with each one of us. And we need to get to, to know and respond to His love. i got some verses here we're going to fly through um, and then we're going to watch a quick video here. But just here's some things. Sometimes people give... Um, you know, there's the verse here. We love because He first loved us. You know, it's, if you want to grow your love for God, figure out uh, what love you're responding to, and I think that'll grow it. Um, every time I review these verses, it warms my heart. And, um, you know, let's see here. Here's one here. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. You know, God loved you, you know, and you can check the doctrine on this, but I'm pretty sure God loved you before He even created the, the planet that you were going to be living on. Did you know that? He loved you. It said He chose you before the creation of the world. God loves you before you even landed on this planet. And that's pretty awesome to think about. Sometimes people say, oh, the Old Testament is the God of hate and judgment, and New Testament, you know, I like Jesus and that stuff. But if you know the Old Testament God at all, you find out God is extremely loving. Um... He's loved you with an everlasting love. This one here, Song of Song, is Song of Solomon. You know, this is one that, it's uh, really, if you know it, it's about Solomon and, and his, his wife. His wife, had, uh, his, his one, I don't know if you say his one of a kind, his unique one he called her. That There was a love that he had for his wife that, um, but it was somehow the, the love story that's recorded in Song of Solomon is, it's designed to be a, a, a picture of what the love of God is towards us and, and we are His bride. And, you know, and this one in essence is saying that you have made my heart beat faster when, uh, with a single glance of your eyes, with a single strand from your necklace. But when you, when you look to God, when you think, look up to God, this, this would imply that you make God's heart beat faster when you're, you're looking to Him in that loving relationship. And that's, um, I mean, there's a lot of things. If you read that whole... Thing. You know, you want to wait till you're married there, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of amazing things that you catch the intimacy. You know, it, it's just about God's heart for you and I. And uh, but there's another one here. This one, uh, what's this one? As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. God uh, wants to rejoice over you. Now, if you've been a part of a wedding before, you know, I just, I try to remember one. I have this one where my buddy Torgan got married and, and I just remember when his bride came down the aisle, Torgan just about jumped through the roof. I mean, it was just like, you know, maybe he was being Torgan, I don't know, but he was just like, had this response like, oh my gosh. And, um, but that excitement, God has that for, for you. God is excited about 
each one of us here. He's got that same heart for us. Um, I remember one time uh, when um, when I was first dating my wife Morgan, and let's see how we're doing. All right, good. Um, dating my wife Morgan and we had started dating for a couple oh boy it would probably been a month or two by then and I'd spoken with her dad about beginning this relationship to pursue it you know to marriage so I got on the phone with him you know her, her dad Rory's got this really deep voice he can make it as deep as he wants you know and I remember one of the first things he asked me is what's your intention with my daughter and I'm like oh, you know nothing nothing she's just my sister um no um but I just remember him asking that. But we, we started dating, and, and we knew where this we wanted this to end up. We wanted to, to be married, and a year later we were married. But um, along the way, I just was uh, consumed with my relationship with Morgan, and uh, I would just think about her all the time and figure out how am I going to leave her a note, and how you know she's going to time it, and she's got to go to work, and I could put a note in her car, and I just thought about her all the time, and I just knew that that was the love God had given me for my bride to be, and uh, one time. I remember praying, God, I, I know what this feels like to love another human being like I never have before, but how do you feel about me, Lord? What is your love like for me? And I went and had a quiet time, and I don't know if I was the one-year Bible or what I was going through, but this is a verse I read that same day. You are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I'll give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. You know, um, there's not a lot of places in the Bible where it straight out says, I love you. But you know that God loves you. He thinks you're precious. So much so that He would exchange others for you. So much so that He'd even give His most precious Son for you. That He can have a loving, eternal relationship with you and I. God's love is awesome. It is something to be known and responded to. Um, what else do we have? Hosea. You know, the whole book of Hosea, Hosea is just... a. Um, you know, it starts off by God telling Hosea, Hosea, go marry a prostitute because I want to teach you about my love. Go marry a prostitute because I want to teach you how, how much I love. And this one, it goes on to say, you know, um, his, his wife had left him or he sent her away or something because she was in prostitution again, even after being married to Hosea. But he said, go show your love to your wife again. Uh, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites really loves his people you and I are included in his people now um, goes on to say so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver uh, and a homer and a lethic of barley but I just love that picture he went and he bought her his wife was in prostitution and you know it's basically like how much is it going to cost to buy you for the rest of your life let me do that and you know that's what God has done for each one of us we sin so much we're so selfish and 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 He paid for us. You know, He paid the price. And that's an awesome thing, isn't it? What, what, a, what a love to respond to, men and women. Um, you know, some other New Testament verses. You know, He gave his, his Son to save us. Because He loved us, He gave His Son. And won't He give us everything else we need because He loves us? Um, this one, you know, God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, you know, I, I think um, the other day we practiced the exercise of that verse, you know, uh, consider others more significant than yourselves. We turn next to you and say, you're more important than me. Um, but could you imagine turning to the person next to you and saying, you know, you're more important than me. I would die for you. 
Can you say that to the person next to you? I would die for you. And this says that, you know, the context says, well, for a good person, maybe you look to you left or right, and you go, well, well for this one I might die. Um, but for this guy, I don't even know him, you know. Um, but, uh, but the Lord is saying, for a good person, someone might die, but while we were still sinners, He died for us. That's the love we, we're, we need to respond to. You know, that's a pretty amazing love. Um, God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And these are some verses that warm my heart when I think of the love of God. We're going to watch a quick video here. It's a song some of you might be familiar with. I think the words are powerful. I think these images are powerful as well. I hope, I mean, last night when I was listening to it, I was in tears. Um, it was the third time I cried in my life. But um, um, no, but I hope this touches your heart. Just, just think of how much God loves you here and, and be ready to respond to His love.
He just captures the heart that what God would do to be with you, to be with me for eternity in a loving relationship. He gave his life away, you know. Um, but we just got to know his love more so that we can respond to it like, like, it, des- like it deserves, like it's fitting. Um, and I encourage you just to, to find things as you're reading, uh, find things that warm your heart and help you understand God's love for you. Um, let's see here. The, the next one we look at here is, um, you know, sometimes this one, I shared that because this point could sometimes be a little more dry, you know. Um, love God by obeying Jesus' commands. Now sometimes people, uh, you run into people that say, Oh, I love God so much. My heart is on fire for Jesus. And you look at their life and you go, Have you read any of Jesus' teachings before? You know, um, you think that that's what love for God should look like? Is that's what love for Jesus looks like? And, and sometimes there can be this disassociation. I love God and, and yet Jesus' teachings are like clear over here. And there can be this total disconnect. Uh, you know, they don't end up in the same place. They don't converge. Um, and, but we just need to know that Jesus said this. Hey, you love me? Uh, if your heart's on fire for me, then obey my commands. Well, I'll read what it says exactly. Um, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Some other people may talk about loving God, loving Jesus. They may think they have a grasp of it. But if they're not doing what Jesus taught, they don't have a clue. They're self-deceived in what love is. Because this is what Jesus says, obey me. And, and you know the, the chapter here, I think it's about five times that it mentions. Uh, I think verse 15 also says, very simply, uh, he who obeys my commands loves me. Um, says this here, it says two other times. One place it says, if, if you don't obey my commands or my teaching, you don't love me. In the very end of the chapter, it wraps up with, people need to know I love the Father and I do exactly what he has commanded me to do. There's, there's, we've got to have a connect with obeying the Word of God, the teachings of Jesus and expressing our love for God. Because sometimes it can be just this emotional thing and if we have the emotional experience, boy, you just don't know what it, it feels like to have that experience with God where your heart is just bursting at the seams and, and if you're not obeying the teachings of Jesus, that, that's not the love of God. I tell you right there, Jesus says, this is, this is what it is. You really love me? Do what I taught. Um, and so we have to make sure we don't have a disconnect between what we think love is and, and what Jesus thinks love is, you know. Um, and a, a command to think about here, you know, the next couple of weeks uh, we're going to talk about, so this is loving God we talk about here today. And the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about loving, loving our neighbors as ourselves. We're going to look at that. Um, but... You know, before we get to those commands, you know, those would be some obvious commands about loving, loving our neighbors as ourselves. And we have neighbors that are, are saved and headed to heaven and neighbors that are not. And there's ways to love them. And we'll talk about that. But a couple other commands to think about here as we close this morning. Um, one is this, you know, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved summarized some things like this. His experience with Jesus, one of the things he said is this. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. And to love one another as He commanded us. You know, one of the things we're commanded to do, folks, is, is to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Sometimes people want to have a loving relationship. I've got someone real dear to me that we're, we're sharing God's love with and sharing Christ with. And uh, she just keeps asking, I just don't know how to start. I don't know where to begin. It begins right here. And getting right with God through, through what Jesus did on the cross. Um, let's see. 
begin a loving relationship with God by believing in and receiving Jesus Christ. That's how it begins. You know, we've all sinned against God. We've all got unfinished business on the table between us and God. And if you believe Jesus dealt with that, you can begin a relationship with God now that goes forever. And it begins there um, by believing in Him. And let me see here. Next um, You know, I, I think... Uh, I like to use the analogy that to begin a relationship, a loving relationship with God is like saying, I do, to Jesus. You know, um, there's even a verse that even uh, explains this too. It's not just a, a good idea. Um, um, in Second uh, Corinthians 11, Paul says at one point, he's talking to the Corinthians, and he says, I betrothed you to Christ. I, I pointed you to Christ to have a loving, committed relationship. And don't lose your pure and simple devotion to Him. But it's kind of like a wedding. It's kind of like saying, I do. You want a loving relationship uh, like that with God? You've got to say, I do, to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that think they have a relationship with God, a loving relationship. But if you haven't said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, it's not where God wants your relationship to begin. And, um, you know, I think we have to, um, we just have to think that a lot of times when I do a wedding, I love making a comparison to God's love story with us and the love story of a, a, a husband and a wife coming together, a bride and a groom. Um, you know, I like using the different components of, of a love story there that, you know, when there's this loving relationship that's beginning, somewhere along the way, God's given the responsibility, it seems like, to the man to initiate, uh, to, to pursue. And, um, you know, if you find someone you think you're going to marry, Eventually that pursuit leads to what? A proposal, right? You love them, you're pursuing this relationship, getting to know them. Eventually there's a proposal that occurs, right? Um, and, and then after the proposal, you know, it's put in the girl's court. Hey, look, I love you. I want to be with you the rest of my life. Well, what do you say to that? And I like to joke with people getting married, just kind of look at their proposals and stuff. We have a, a proposal, probably one of the most recent proposals in the room, unless I'm drawing blank, which I probably am. But I think of Dave and Erica recently. You know, part of the, uh, them getting to know each other and uh, wanting to pursue this relationship to love one another for the rest of their lives. Um, you know, Dave was pursuing, he initiated with her. She said yes to begin the relationship. You know, Dave about passed out, I think, at that point. Um, he was excited. Um, and then, but, but then they continued to get to know each other. And I think on that special day, Dave took her to Ernie's, right? And had a good, good time there. Dairy-free pizza, you know. He knew what he was doing. He was very thoughtful. Um, eventually, you know, he chased her out of the restaurant somewhere over to Sloan's Lake. Got her trapped on the other side of the lake on a bench. And he took a knee. And, uh, you know, he said he took, uh, took something out of his pocket was his keys the first time dropped him on the ground and I don't know and then uh, then so uncomfortable or something I don't know but then he brought the ring out and, and proposed to her and, and she said yes and the rest is history there's a, a wedding coming up here in January if you aren't aware of that but you know in some ways those, those are some components of our love story with God God uh he, he loves each one of us. He wants to have that relationship with us. He's pursued us. And, you know, he didn't take a knee. Maybe if Jesus took a knee, it had been cool, romantic, something. But what did he take? Jesus took the cross. You know, and, and he said, I love you. I want to have a relationship with you the rest of my life. What do you say? And he took the cross. And in some ways, he put the proposal in the court of each one of us. And... And for you to respond to. Do you, do you believe he loved you that much? Do you think, um, you know, just like uh, Dave proposing to Erica could have had a lot of different results. She could have said, wow, you know, I just, 
you really want to marry me? Are you sure? I just don't believe it's true. She could have said no and because she just didn't believe that he loved her like that and, and we wouldn't be having a wedding and they wouldn't be in their relationship as they are now, committed to marriage. Uh, she could have said, uh, you know, boy, I'm just not worthy. You love me. I'm just not worthy. I can't do this. I just don't deserve it. And we wouldn't be having a wedding in January again here. Dave, I don't know if it's a good promotion for you or something. I think people, invitations are already out. You know if you're invited or not. But, uh, um, but you know, what did she say? She said, yes, yes, I, I'm responding to his love with, with her love. And, and that's what we've got to do with, with Christ. God says, I love you. I love you so much. Uh, my proposal ended up on, a, on the hill of Calvary, on a cross. And, and what do you say to that? And I believe every one of us will, uh, uh, you know, our, our eternity is staked upon our response to God's love shown on the cross. Have you said, I do, to Jesus? I do believe you died on the cross for my sins. Uh, I do receive you as my Lord and Savior. Because if you haven't said, I do, to Jesus, you haven't begun a relationship that's going to continue for eternity. And our hope here at the firehouse is that every one of you would respond and say, I do to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Respond to God's love. Um, and then we'll get on with things from there. Um, the next step, though, another quick command we're going to look at that relates a little to next week, but um, we're not going to have a lot of time to teach next week. So um, anyways, um, another command is that Jesus here in Matthew 28, you know, He says to His disciples, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, and skip ahead, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. Jesus said, this is a command. He said, hey, you guys, you want to follow me? Well, go make disciples, share the good news, share God's love in them, you know, the, the gospel. And then those who receive me, baptize them and teach them to obey me. And there's a command there. If you said I do to Jesus Christ, you know what you, you are under commands to, to have done to you? But to get baptized. You know, in some ways, uh, we liken it to, um, it's kind of like a, a wedding ring, if you will. I know Mitch Majeski has shared before, um, let me see, I got, oops, um, let's get back a couple slides here if I can, but, you know, it's, it's like the idea, if you know someone who's married, and say the guy is, uh, maybe he's just not, you know, the idea of like being spoken for is just not his thing, it's not real cool, you know, and he just tends to kind of hide his wedding ring in his pocket when he's in social settings. What would you say to that? Ooh, creepy, you know, that's just weird. And, um, you know, someone who's ashamed of their loving relationship, um, that's just not, that's not a good thing, you know. But Jesus said this, you know, He said, if anyone's ashamed of me, in my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of Him when He comes in His Father's glory with the holy angels. You know, there's a way, and in some ways, baptism is a way of going public. It's a way of saying, I'm identifying publicly with Jesus Christ. I said I do to Him as my Lord and Savior. And I know when I took that step, you know, there's, uh, I had some friends that thought, wow, he needed Jesus, poor guy. You know, they looked down on me. They just thought, wow. And then I knew I had to fight that. Do I want their approval or do I want God's approval? But when I became a Christian, when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I knew I wanted to go public. And I got baptized, you know, um, at small group later that week. And, but, but have you done that before? Have you said, I, I do to Jesus? And have you gone public and been baptized, identifying, not, not ashamed of Him as your Lord and Savior? Because um, we're going to be doing that next week here. And if you're a disciple, if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, you want to make sure that He said, make disciples and baptize them. 
And if you want to obey what he, he taught there, that's a great step to take next week. But not just a step, oh, I want to commit myself to God, whoever God is. Um, this is saying, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to go public and, and obey Him in this. And we're going to have that opportunity next week here. You know, I'm just going to close here um, with just a couple of things you can just write in the, the fill in your blanks if you need to if you're, if you're one of those um, uh, just uh, I'm not one of those my wife is one of those she, all, the, all the blanks get filled in in very neat penmanship um, mine I haven't filled out now but uh, anyways uh, you know the last one we have as far as uh, obeying the great commandment loving God with your whole being is just um, get to know him better and love them more. You've probably heard the saying before, the more you get to know someone, the more you love them. But, uh, but it's true of God. I love this verse here. This is one, uh, maybe one of my life verses. Uh, um, let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. Uh, whenever I sign emails, sometimes I like to say press on. Press on to know the Lord. Um, and the more you know Him, the more you get to know His love, the more you'll respond to His love, the more you'll be able to obey the great commandments. Um, you want to read the Bible regularly, you know, I hope that was the answer you're going to put there. Some might say, read the newspaper regularly and apply it to your relationship with God. Read the internet or your favorite blog regularly and apply it to your relationship. Read Facebook regularly and apply it. No, it's read the Bible regularly and apply it to your relationship with God. You've got to do that if you want to grow in this loving relationship. Space Pets, some of you have seen that acronym before. It's on your sheet there. Um, you know, it's something I think Rick Warren came up with to figure out how to take what you're reading if it's dry and you're just not connecting to look for things like the sin to confess, promise to claim, attitude to change, a command to obey, uh, example to follow, a prayer to pray, error to avoid, truth to believe, something to thank God for. Um, space test, apply it to your relationship and see if you don't put a little fuel on the fire uh, see your life maybe change because of God's word a little more. I know this morning in the one-year Bible was uh, Psalm 86. It just says a prayer of David. And I came away with about a jillion things that I can pray to God just looking at David expressing his heart and soul to God there. And so um, do that. Um, share your heart and your needs with Him through prayer. You know, share your heart with God here. And those are ways to grow in a loving relationship, grow in obeying the great commandment. Here, we're going to go ahead and pray. Um, star heads here and... Uh, I just want to start, you know, just by saying, if one, if you're here this morning and you've been trying to figure out this whole relationship with God, thing, loving relationship, maybe you're at a place where it's time for you this morning, today, to get to get started with God, not on your terms, but on His terms, you know. And all you have to do is is just you pray and express your heart to God, and just to say, I do, I do believe you died on the cross for my sins. I do receive you as my Lord and Savior. Um, you know, please help me to follow you the rest of my life. And, and a prayer like that can get you started with a loving relationship with God. And I hope that you do not delay any longer if that's where you're at. Um, as you're sharing the gospel with others, you might think about, hey, you know, it's just uh, introducing them to Christ who they can say I do to if they understand the different you know, pieces of the puzzle there. But I hope you would do that today. But we'll pray uh, for everyone here. Um, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. God, I just uh, pray you'd help each one of us to grow in obeying the great commandment, to love you with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and with all our strength. God, help us to do that. It is your will, and you want to help us to, to obey that. And God, I pray that you would be glorified greatly from this church as we obey the great commandments and the great commission. Help each one of us 
be bringing great glory to you as we do the same. And we just thank you for this morning. We pray you bless the, the rest of this week. Bless the, the baptisms next, next week and, and the baby dedications. And uh, we ask all this in Jesus' glorious name. Amen.